0: just
1: have to let go of my anger.
0: I know. Let it
1: go. Just smash your phone.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly. My name is Judas. My name is Brianna. And we are hosts. We are hostesses onto hosts. We are hostess cupcakes. I was gonna say that. <laughs> um, what are the other thingies? Um,
1: I really like
0: Twinkies. I am. A... I only eat one like once a year, maybe. I'm a Swiss cake roll. In high school, they used to give me hives.
1: <laughs> Swiss cake rolls? I don't like the top of them.
0: I don't like them anymore because they used to give me hives. They used to be my favorite. Uh-uh. I like the Nutty Bars a lot. No, that's Little Debbie. Fuck! <laughs> I'm cancelled. Uh, I also like Funny Bones. Those oh, are really good. I don't think I've ever... Oh, I know what those are. I disagree. They have, like, peanut butter inside them. Oh, I still disagree. <laughs> and maybe I disagree more, actually. Uh... I don't like a peanut butter cream. Mm,
1: I, I don't know. I really like peanut butter. It has the chocolate. It's just all together doing it for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: I have a personal question for you, Uh-oh. which we might cut out of the show, Uh-oh. depending on if it's interesting okay do you think that your exes are all over you no do you think it's like half and half or do you think the big ones are not over you
1: uh i think the big ones are over me i think the little ones are not oh yeah gotta
0: keep them guessing
1: i think (laughs) no i'm in a relationship i don't keep nobody guessing (laughs) and i wholeheartedly believe in if we break up i've never dated you Oh yeah! I delete everything. I throw Mm -hmm. out everything. I've never spoken to you. Don't talk. Don't look at me. Don't go on my Instagram. Yeah, I don't have really anybody on my Instagram or anything like that. But I wholeheartedly believe
0: in like cutting all ties. That's good. Don't call me your ex. We never dated. That's healthy. (laughs) I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that too. That's what I mean. Like by keep them guessing is like when they weren't with you like long enough to be like no, actually, I'm not in love with you anymore. When you were, like, with them, and then they're always in their head, they're like, will they, won't they? Will I ever see her again? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will the timing be right? Like that episode of fucking American Dad when Roger was leaving, and he told Stan, he was like, Stan, why weren't we ever single at the same time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That show has a lot of really good, like, little snips,
0: snaps. Okay, I'll go now. I think that... All of my exes that I dated for less than six months are not over me. Mm -hmm. Actually, no, they're not over me. And um, I think my biggest ex is all the way over me. (laughs) Found that out this week. Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: What is... What's your longest relationship?
0: Um... I think... um, I dated this guy for, I think... Like seven months. So literally every single relationship
1: has not They been over are me.
0: all not over me <laughs> except <laughs> for that one. <laughs> I was in love with this guy one time still for four and a half years. Um he is over me. <laughs> so just so we're all clear,
1: yeah.
0: He is over You me. know what you
1: do? You stop contact. All cease
0: it, throw That's out everything. The thing is you I have zero pictures. contact with him ever.
1: But how would you know?
0: That I don't have contact with no, them? No,
1: how would how do you know
0: that they're oh, over you? so here's the thing. You don't have to go into the full details. I was doing... Um, I never do, like, the internet stalking thing, because I never care about anyone's life. And I was on the phone with my friend the other day for two and a half hours. And for some reason, we wanted to look this girl up to see how old she is from our job. And I went oh, shit, I found her, and I had to, like, do some, like, super sleuthing, and I went, okay, I get why people do this now, because I did it, and I felt like I learned things, because I usually am just like, I don't give a fuck about that person. I don't want to know. I don't care. Anyways, next logic leap, I was like, I'll Google myself, saw what was there, tried to Google my friend, bitch has no presence online, like a psychopath. And then I was like, you know, I'll just Google him now, and that was a mistake. I looked him up on Instagram, and he's living his best life, and that's fine. That's what I wanted. It doesn't sound like that Um, all. it's fine, because it was what I wanted, but I don't- I never planned to look him up, and then looking it up, I was like, cool. It doesn't feel good to see, though.
1: Mistake number one. <laughs> Mistake number one.
0: Mm. Hey, just don't.
1: Mm.
0: Unless you do it all the time, and it won't matter to you, like Brianna, who's yeah. happily in a beautiful relationship with yeah. a bef- freckled man. Yeah. Uh, should we even? I think we should just go. I think let's we should just, just do it. Right let's keep that. Uh-huh. Let's, let's keep that in. We had some good nuggets in there. <laughs> some might not agree. Some might be like, what the some fuck? Some might think those weren't good nuggets. I feel like it was a good lesson at the end. Don't look them up.
1: Don't look up your Don't ex's. look. It's not a good idea.
0: The thing is, you're probably right about whatever you're thinking, as long as you don't think they're in love with you still. So, Yeah. You a little bit insane, you know, uh, S.O.C.K.S. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's. <laughs> Where's a good place to put these guys? Okay, are you ready? Uh-huh. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Paper. Scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. It's rock. Scissors. <laughs> she almost said mine. Let's just say each other's. Rock, <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot paper scissors you won
1: i said my own not hers (laughs) i won i'm the scissor
0: (laughs) you can go first oh no crazy (laughs) i'm shocked that you would do this (laughs) this week we're bringing you guys a little bit of mayhem yes i'm gonna go first cool (laughs) i'll hold my paper like this See, that chair is not that fun. Will this be, this be hard for you to look at me if I've got my shit up like this the whole time? I think you're okay. Whatever you, whatever makes you happy. What if I go like this? <laughs> Alright, Madonna. Just in case I'm getting a unibrow. I don't know. I gotta cover in case. Girl, start my life. <laughs> oh, man. I went full insane the other day, as you know. But, uh, I do this weird thing where, when, um... I don't know, I get, like, this hyper-focused, like, weird mania. Anyways, I do this thing where I get some tweezers, and I just start plucking a bunch of hair, just, just... That's me. (laughs) I do that all the time. Just all over my body. So I'm, like, literally, like, standing like this on my arm, and I'm like... (laughs) That I don't do. I I poke in my face. Oh, no. I will not pull any hair from
1: any other part of my body. It freaks me the fuck out.
0: Every other part of my body, I'm like, Mm -mm. all those little hairs you can't even see, and I'm like... Nope. (laughs) My eyes are like that the whole time. (laughs) Like a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Like I look like a fucking, what is the thing I'm thinking of? Like the marmosets, the lemurs with their big ass eyes. That's me. That's me. (sighs) Anyways, speaking of unibrows, that was why I was telling you that. I actually didn't do my eyebrows though. Could have. They need it. Didn't. Because I get hyper focused and I do like my arm hair. And I'd be like, "Ah, where is there any little hairs growing on me?
1: My entire face is
0: there. (laughs) My whole face? I'm
1: Chewbacca. I'm Spanish. That shit is, it's thick and it's dark. (laughs) I'll have like a whole fucking full on five o'clock shadow if I don't take it off my
0: face. (laughs) Uh, God, that's fucking funny. (laughs) We're hairy (laughs) beings. Okay, I can't. Um, Also, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) I forgot what my story's about. I shouldn't have done that intro question. Okay, oh, God. <laughs> here's how my story starts. What would you do for love? <laughs> a whole lot
1: of nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what twisted, demented roads would you go down just to know that you loved harder than anyone else? I hate myself. This is like a fucking, a Pavlovian, like, I didn't mean to do the, I wrote this yesterday. I didn't mean to do the, like, intro. And
1: you did your stalking what? The day <gasps> later?
0: No, the stalking I did that day where I was like, I am in it. And you were like, do you want to talk? And I was like, no. <laughs> no point. I'm mentally stable. Just kidding. It's Brianna. okay not to be. Brianna's not. the mentally stable one on this podcast. I feel like if you guys didn't know that all along, I might front good, but <laughs> it's, hiding a, it's hiding a villain. A villain within my body. And she's insane. Okay, so, anyways, now that I said that thing about love, mm-hmm. in some people's experience, there's a difference between the ex- the expectation of love and the reality. I'm going to illustrate their story for you, and we can firsthand observe the limits some people are willing to go to, and some they are not. Our story starts with screaming. Police pull up to 858 North Andrews Boulevard, responding to a call from neighbors who reported screaming coming from this house. Exiting their car, they hear the screams too. What they find inside the residence is Fred Osterick dead on the floor with three shots to his chest. The source of the screaming is Wilberga, a.k.a. Dolly, his wife, who is found in the closet of the same room, locked in from the outside. They search the house, but don't find any obvious clues about who killed this wealthy apron manufacturer. Once Dolly calms down, she tells them a burglar came in to rob them, shot Fred, stole his diamond watch, and locked her in a closet. She is the prime suspect, but since there was no way for her to lock herself in, they believe her story instead. (laughs) Now let's take a look at the background of the dearly beloved. Fred was the owner of an apron manufacturing company, and he was quite well off. He married Dolly when she was in her 20s, and they settled down in Milwaukee. They were set to be a match, but unfortunately, he liked the drink, and she felt he didn't fulfill her carnal needs. (laughs) This bred unhappiness. Dolly, being a woman of 33 at this point, knew what she wanted, and decided to go after it. On an uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically <laughs> hot day in 1913, she asked Fred to send over one of his workers at the factory to take a look at her sewing machine. It was on the fritz. Fred sends Otto Sanhuber, 17, Dolly answers the door wearing a silk robe, stockings, and nothing else. Wow, classy. <laughs> She's 33. <laughs> um, <laughs> He never gets around to looking at her dusty, unused sewing machine. <laughs> which she had never used. <laughs> Couldn't be broken. They continue their tryst unbeknownst to Fred. However, they aren't so sneaky because the neighbors notice Otto lurking around whilst Fred is at work. Dolly explains it away, calling him her vagabond brother. But even that becomes unbelievable when they notice Otto never comes around while Fred is at home. But Dolly doesn't want to stop. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. In case you are wondering, this is where it gets good.
1: I think I heard the story before. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: no! But Dolly doesn't want to stop. So she comes up with an idea so crazy that it just might work. Dolly asks Otto to quit his job and move into the attic of her house. Have you heard it? Yes. No! (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, gotta cut that out. That was a big no. He does it. Uh, (laughs) This shifts them into a phase of their relationship that I don't think anyone saw coming. In the austeric attic, there is one cot and a lone desk. Otto moves in happily and spends his days reading, sleeping, drinking bathtub gin, (laughs) and writing stories for pulp novels that Dolly publishes under an assumed name. When Fred is away, he spends his time downstairs with Dolly, presumably making the beast with two packs. (laughs) I forgot I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) Presumably making the beast with two packs. A little bit of a fellow for all of you people. Over time, he essentially becomes her sex slave. He later says he loved her as a boy loves his mother. Ew. Teddy butt. How long do you think that he lives there? A year. Throughout five years, he goes unnoticed. But slowly, Fred starts going insane when he notices noises, missing cigars, and a few times a shadow falling over his bedroom door when no one else is home. He was, in fact, being gaslit by the sex slave. Deciding a change of scenery was in order, he moved them to L.A. in hopes of getting some peace of mind. This is at 1918. But Dolly had a stipulation. There needed to be an attic at the new house. A big attic. I don't know why he didn't look into that, because <laughs> um, ostensibly I feel like he would think she doesn't go in there ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once that was secured, he was like, "All right, I got you, fam. A whole attic, yeah." <laughs> Once that was secured, she sent Otto in a week or ahead of them, and by the time they moved in, he was already settled into his new home. Flash forward to 1922, nine years in the attic. <laughs> The morning of the crime, Otto is Otto is perched in the attic, listening as Dolly and Fred have another loud argument. This one sounds different. He can hear it getting violent and starts to fear for Dolly's life. Not his mom. His mom his mom his mom wife's life. <laughs> Not knowing what else he can do, he rushes down, dual wielding Fred's own guns. Two hands. <laughs> Fred immediately recognizes him, which that's a fucking, that's a mind fuck right there. First of all, this man is inside of our house. I don't know where he came from. He has two of my guns. And oh shit, that is Otto from nine years ago, who quit his job at my factory. But before much can be said, he shoots him in the chest three times. That part wasn't funny. He shoots him.
1: Elliot, you're laughing. (laughs) This is all nervous laughter.
0: Yeah, I'm so nervous the whole episode now. He shoots Sim in the chest three times. Needing a fast plan, he grabs a diamond watch, puts Dolly in the closet, locks it with the key still in the outside of the door, and rushes upstairs. Dolly, playing along, starts screaming, trying to summon the police. For a few peaceful months, they are free, but Otto stays in the attic with no one to hide from anymore... He stayed, does <laughs> not come down to the house to live there, he's except like, for it's to super visit. Chill.
1: I like the ventilation. In here. I
0: like that there isn't a toilet mm. up here. Uh. I like to go one time a day when I come downstairs. He Gross. later says he felt imprisoned by his love for her. He's been Bitch, with her. what <laughs> he's been with her for nine years since I he, guess that's like a Stockholm since he was think. seventeen. Oh, no. Which I think at the time was technically an adult, but still yucky. You're yeah, 33. Yeah, but at that
1: age, your your brain is not fully developed.
0: Yeah. Um, And also, she had seen him in the factory. She had chosen yeah. this boy. Preferential pedophile. Anyways, I do think that 17 was the legal age, though. It's just gross. Mm-hmm. At the time, I think 17 was legal. Um, I think at the time, 13 was legal, actually, so who fucking cares? <laughs> I was just thinking that, but for, like, 15, 16. In the 1920s, I think it was still legal it was to, super like, chill. marry your child if you thought it was okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so, Dolly does not feel imprisoned. In fact, she starts dating Herman Shapiro, Fred's estate lawyer, <laughs> and Roy Klum, a businessman. Sorry you had to look at me while I did that. Yes, at the same time. However, she has no chill. (laughs) And we already know she's chock full of good ideas. One such good idea is giving one of the guns to Roy to destroy. As it's so similar to the one that killed her husband, she's afraid of being accused. Similar. The gun. (laughs) The other kind of
1: looks like that one. It
0: looks exactly. It felt like this too. I mean, I didn't use it.
1: I don't know which one it is.
0: I saw him shoot with this one. I mean, I just saw this in the house. The other she gives to her neighbor with the same explanation. <laughs> Both men do it. <laughs> Both men get rid Both of the gun. Both men are like, this is super chill. Hey, don't worry about it. Got you. Hey, I know we're just neighbors, but let me hide that fucking gun for you, bro. <laughs> She becomes- I'm not close with any of my neighbors, especially the one who I hear having sex all the time, and who hears me having sex all the time. (laughs) Okay. There's full concrete bricks between our walls, and I hear her having sex quite frequently, and she's old as fuck. (laughs) So, hmm, focusing back in, she becomes so sweet on Herman that she gives him the stolen diamond watch- and as, her, as, as the estate lawyer, he knows that oh that's the God. one that went missing. Side note,
1: though. She must have... Game for days! Game for days and a... Uh,
0: uh, a bomb pussy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say, her toto was made of gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she got that gold toto! <sighs> this, uh, this makes Herman suspicious, but not overly so. <laughs> he's like wasn't this missing and then she's like oh I found it around the house she literally did say that um and now all of her evidence is in other people's hands which is not as good as hidden within a few months mul- uh, within a few months mul- fuck me within a few tumultuous months Roy and Dolly break up after a huge fight
1: but Otis is still in her attic
0: Yes, Otto is in her attic, and I kept in my head calling him Otis, so we are the (laughs) same. And she's still got the other boyfriend.
1: Oh, Jesus, okay.
0: And her neighbor, who I don't think she had a relationship with at all. She just was like, hide this gun. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She was like,
0: I would die for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Roy goes to the police, (laughs) because they broke up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He tells them of the gun, and takes them to the La Brea Tar Pits, where he disposed of it. The gun is too rusted to ID, but they still put it in the paper, which is where the neighbor reads it, and he comes forward with the gun he buried in his backyard. (laughs) He's like, wait a minute. Hold on. You asked someone else to bury a gun for you? I thought we had something special. I thought I was
1: the only guy who could bury your gun. (laughs) That could go so many ways. Let me
0: bury my gun in your yard. (laughs) Please, God, it's been months. Anyways, sorry, you guys. I got weird. Um, and I also don't know why I gave him the Skeeter voice from Doug. So, didn't know I could do that voice. So, the cops arrest Dolly in 1923, the year after her husband dies. While in lockup, she begs Herman to buy groceries and go feed her sex puppet. <laughs> her she, balls are just so big yes the thing is they put her in jail cause they were like your balls are crazy lady you yeah. gotta go to jail about it <laughs> her big dick energy is we can't like let you ass. out here in the streets with these people because <laughs> your balls so she explains him she explains him to him as her vagabond brother this old line again and his li- and his living situation My homeless brother lives in my attic. You know. You know about him. (laughs) You You don't have one? You didn't notice? I know you've been sleeping over here every other night. You didn't notice it? (laughs) So Herman, the absolute psycho, does it. (laughs) This dude is so whipped. (laughs) This dude is a fucking pussy. (laughs) So when he brings... (laughs) When he brings the food... No. So when he... So when he knocks on the ceiling of the closet, a signal Dolly uses to indicate a clear coast, Otto climbs down. Also, my, imagine my horror when I found out the attic does not have, like, a fucking regular entrance. It's just, like, a hole. <laughs> so this is the first person, aside from Dolly, that Otto has seen in nine years. Um, excitedly, he tells Herman every last detail.
1: He must look like fucking Gollum.
0: Yeah, brother my ass. Also, how would you ever cut his hair? The hair would have to go somewhere. Your husband's gonna be like, whose fucking hair? Whose pile of hair is this in the trash? <laughs> the, uh, he must look so I have pale a lot of questions. And so... He must look nastier than nasty. He must have a permanent smell. A permanent smell. He and she's fucking him. So he also smells like sex constantly.
1: Ugh. Oh. Ugh. He... I know he's in an attic, so I feel like it's probably dry in the attic, but all I'm picturing is a moist, clammy-looking golem.
0: Yeah, like Crunchy guy. Um, so, let me tell you right now, all the different versions of things people called him throughout the articles, mm. um, because I got my information from the LA Times, I think um, I got a it all, a lot of it from Cracked, and Cracked was the funniest one, like... If you like that story, (laughs) you need to read the Cracked one. It reminds me of their YouTube series, Agents of Cracked, which I fucking loved when I was younger. It's so funny, and it sounds exactly like the articles. And also the guys end up making out at the end. I ruined it for you guys, sorry. All the episodes are like six minutes long, so come on. Um, So these are the various names people called him, including in the Cracked article. Man Bat, that's his most known. (laughs) If you Google Man Bat of Los Angeles, that's him. It'll bring up all the stories. Um, they called him Sex Gollum. Her own personal <laughs> sex gollum. Some articles called him the Garrett Ghost. Don't know why. Uh. I think it was the area. And then they also called him the Fuck Bat. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Like, it was so funny. Fuck so Bat. The Fuck Bat. The Sex Gollum. <laughs> So, yes, he looks like Gala. (laughs) So, throughout this story, because Otto's like, oh, yeah. And then I was a teenager and she asked me to move into her attic. And then we moved across the country. And I still live in the attic. (laughs) And I know the husband. I killed him. But like I like to live in the attic, and he like viewed himself as like a romantic, and he's like, "I'm just so in love with you that I live in an attic, and I live, I love you like my mother, and I fuck you, and we live, I live in the attic though." Growing increasingly alarmed throughout the story, by the end of the tale, Herman kicks him out. He goes, <laughs> "Please get out this house that is clearly yours because you've lived here. You lived than here me. longer than Dolly because you <laughs> get moved in a month before her." Oh fuck yeah, this is my house, bitch. <laughs> So, terrified, Otto flees to the Canada. He just leaves. Okay. Does he live in an attic there? We don't quite know. Uh. So, Dolly comes home. Apparently doesn't miss him. No one had any information about that.
1: She's like, whew, got rid of that little (laughs) pasty thing.
0: And Herman, human psychopath, continues to date her for seven years. I'm not- This doesn't sit right with me, this murder and this attic sex golem. So, I'll kick him out, and then everything else, it like, it's like it goes super away. Chill. It's super cool. So, <laughs> when they end things, he decides that actually he wasn't okay with everything and goes to the police. Oddly enough, <laughs> oh my God. Otto had coincidentally, he had just come back in town, just in time for him and Dolly to be arrested. Here's the thing. He's found guilty, and she's acquitted. But eight years have passed since the murder. and seven years, is a statute of limitations.
1: Oh, my God. So
0: they walk.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. And
0: everywhere, like, vilified him, but not her. Yo, you're both perverts. Yeah. Just because he's the one in the attic, you're a pervert for fucking the guy in the attic. You kept him there. You told him the... You made him the attic guy. Don't make him the weirdo. You weren't
1: like, oh we're moving, maybe you should move on with your life. You're like, oh, we're moving, I can't stand you, but please live in my attic.
0: God, if I had someone living in my attic, I would think every single day about how to get them out of there. (laughs) Please, God, could you just, maybe if I light the house on fire one day, I don't want you to die, man, but maybe you'll just, like, get out, I don't know. Well, that escalated. I just want you to leave my fucking attic and stop coming down here to fuck me. (laughs) But that's what she loved, though. They were like, she real nasty. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she finds another lover. Of course. They're together for 30 years. They get married. And then she dies in 1961. Wow. And he, when he walked out of that courthouse, he disappeared.
1: Her, her or Otis?
0: Otis. Uh... Otto. Fuck. You got me. (laughs) (laughs) You pulled the Brianna on me. (laughs) You turned me into you. Otto. He disappears. But here's my other question. Did they check the attic?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope so. I
0: bet he's just up there. I mean, he's hopefully dead by now because he's. But
1: is he dead in an attic?
0: (sighs) You've really escalated the situation. Now I'm sad. (laughs) Now I'm sad. Otto, you didn't deserve this. He really, like, thought he was living, like, the romanticized, like... I could totally get that. You're like, I'm a tortured writer. I'm because in love he's with this woman. a fucking 60-year-old child. But he's multiple times been, like... He would be like, I was imprisoned by my love for her. I became her sex slave. I loved her like a mother. Like, this man had no choice. Yeah, I guess. But...
1: So, like, when he moved to that new house, he could have just as easily fled...
0: When Fred died, he could have easily came down. <laughs> this I don't know. Is true. They could have been in a regular relationship. I don't know if it just was like uncomfortable. Like he was just like I don't really know. But also like she was living her life and he was just in an attic. He never spoke to anyone until he, the first person he talks to, after talking to her only for nine years, is like get the fuck out of here, and he's like oh <laughs> fuck, <laughs> oh shit, it's me out here. Oh wow, yeah, that's crazy. It's a beautiful thing, love. So, yes. I want you to know that I would never live in someone's attic for my love for them.
1: Uh, I don't think any sane person would. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You called me sane. (laughs) I've tricked you. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. That was a good story. How deep does the honeypot go? (laughs) So, yeah. How's my little bit of mayhem for you? (laughs) Wow. Gorilla Grip. Boozy! <laughs> <Pussy. laughs> I can't right. see into my cup, so I'm just gonna... You just did a... And
1: just a shot? And just <laughs> a shot?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have the bottle.
1: Alright, let's get into my
0: story. Let's get inside of it. You know what we should do one day? We should, um... Write our stories completely normally and make the other one do the whole story. And then you're just reading the whole time. You're like, what the fuck? That would actually be kind of fun. We should try that, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe next episode. We'll see. Maybe.
1: That is fucking good. I would have to type mine out because you'd be like, you're an idiot. You don't know how to spell anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. (laughs) I would be, like, stumbling over every other word. (laughs) Pretty fucking much.
1: (laughs) My story... Starts out in 1986 with the Andrews family from town said Mass. Ma- no, let me try that again. Mm-hmm. My story starts out in 1986 with the Andrews family from town said Massachusetts. Um, they had recently lost their mother, so Father Brian Andrews was now alone raising two, both somewhere around the age of 16, daughters um, named Annie and Jessica. And with the sudden and recent loss taking a toll on the girls, they decided what any teacher... I had that Benadryl PM thing, (laughs) and I've had this soda, and I had food.
0: I'm tired Brianna's all fucked up on the itis and Mountain Dew.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: I just drank alcohol. (laughs) That's me.
1: Okay. With the sudden and recent loss taking a toll on the girls, they decided what any teenager would do to try and make sense of the situation. They decided they were going to perform a seance. Okay, normal. Super. To try and contact their mother from beyond. So that night, they found success. (laughs) When they asked questions, each question was responded to by taps on the wall. (gasps) No. (laughs) What to them was heartwarming and sweet soon turned terrifying. They could no longer sleep as the tapping persisted every night (gasps) items would be moved from their original locations even large pieces of furniture would be moved clear across the floor they thought they had summoned a demon in place of their mother their father however thought this was the work of annie and jessica dealing with their mother's death by pulling pranks and hoax Hoax
0: hoaxes 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 oh i meant to say hoaxes and then i said the real (laughs) word and it made me sad
1: (laughs) So this weirdness continued until it came to a head in January 1987, when one night they heard the tapping starting again, but this time it wasn't coming from the walls, but in the basement where the seance had taken place. Can you guess what they decided to do?
0: I have the chills. They went
1: to the basement. Yes, like fucking idiots. (laughs) You stupid bitch. The girls took a knife and went to go explore what the sound from the basement was. What do you think they found?
0: The man, the man, bat of Los Angeles. (laughs) It was (laughs) fuckbat. It was (laughs) fuckbat.
1: No, (laughs) written across the wall in blood said, I'm in your room. Come find me. (laughs) I don't like that at all. I was writing this story in my bed in like a room kind of lit similar to this
0: one. <laughs> and I'm in there like... You were like spooking yourself <laughs> yeah, out a little I bit. Yeah, I really was. You're literally writing your own scare- story and scaring yourself. I know how
1: fucking crazy this story gets. Oh, God. So, ran across the wall in blood, said, I'm in your room, come find me. Completely losing their shit, they fled the house and called their, da- their dad, who again brushed them off thinking it was a prank. Uh several weeks Fuck later you dad dads <laughs> several weeks later the same events unfolded at the Andrews home the girls were home alone once again and heard the tapping when they tried again to find where the noise was coming from it led them to Annie's room right behind her walls and they also found another haunting message on the wall in blood and it said I'm back find me if you can no! again they you. fled to a neighbor's house, and called their dad to immediately come home. Fed up with his two daughters, and to prove there was no one in the house, he stormed into his home, and as soon as he walked in, he noticed the house in further disarray than they had previously left it. So more shit was knocked over, etc. He
0: wanted to look around the house. Oh my god, I know this story.
1: And when he got (laughs) to Annie's room... (laughs)
0: <laughs> it gives me chills every time I get. I to don't this even plug. want you to say it. Almost, <laughs> I want you to just stop. <laughs> he
1: wanted to look around the house, and when he got to Annie's room, which the girls had said was where the noise was coming from, he was met with a message of his own. In blood, written on the walls, was "Marry me." In the corner stood a figure. No, my <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm so- yeah. Is there
0: anyone behind me? No, is there <laughs> anybody behind me? No. I'm so I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh yeah I have to How this did we a both podcast? You're <laughs> <It's laughs> scary. <laughs> Why the fuck did we both do this? <laughs> How did we both do this?
1: I don't know, bro. We both Wait, I have
0: to finish. Oh,
1: my God. I promise nobody is behind you. Okay. If somebody is behind me, you need to tell me. I
0: will. (laughs) Please tell me the minute someone comes up behind me.
1: (laughs) Got you. Okay. And in the corner stood a figure that after a second he realized was a boy dressed up in his wife's clothes with makeup smeared on and a tangled blonde wig and a hatchet in his hand.
0: Okay.
1: Nobody's behind you.
0: Okay. No one's behind you. (laughs)
1: I wrote the story in my room by myself. It was terrifying.
0: I'm so uncomfortable. I've never been scared to live alone before right now.
1: Do I finish? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And in a moment, the figure lunged for Brian. A struggle followed between Brian and this phantom figure before it suddenly seemed to disappear. The police were called to the invest. To, <clears throat> the police were called to investigate the scene out of a horror movie. When they came and did some investigating, they found the message was in fact made of ketchup. Oh, okay. <laughs> and in po- and upon further investigation to try and find this person and where the hell they went, they found in the back of young Annie's closet was a small cabinet covering a hidden no. crawl space, no. and inside they found seventeen-year-old Daniel Laplante. curled around his hatchet, lying in wait. So who is Danny LaPlante? I think his name is Danny LaPlante. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to still say it the way I've been saying it. Danny LaPlante was born Daniel J. LaPlante on May 16th, 1970. He grew up in the town of Townsend, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, and had an extremely horrendous upbringing. Oh. He lived with his mother and stepfather, and it was said that Danny had been mentally, physically, and sexually abused by multiple adults in his life. His father happened to be the main abuser. He struggled in school academically. Excuse me. I can't fucking say words. He struggled in school academically, socially, and was diagnosed as dyslexic from an early age. He was described by his classmates as weird and creepy and had very little friends and often saw the school psychologist for odd behavior, lack of hygiene, and general disregard for his own appearance. Which is kind of fucked. Yeah. That's kind of rude. Yeah. At this point, he was also diagnosed as hyperactive. This pushed him over the edge, along with the fact that the school psycho- psychologist had also been sexually abusing him. What the fuck? After making many sexual passes at him. All of this- Ew, he's a, like a
0: dirty kid. Yeah. He's an, Like, he's abused, but, like, if you're a pedophile, why would you want some dirty little kid? You can kid? take
1: advantage of the kid nobody's gonna believe. Oh, fuck. All of this before he was even 15. Daniel grew fond uh, grew a fondness for breaking into people's houses and stealing or destroying property. He really liked moving things and letting the homeowners know that, yes, he there was someone in their home.
0: I don't like that.
1: He did this for the pure enjoyment of mind games. It was most likely how he had found the phone number of the Andrews home and started a completely different game. He decided he was going to call the number he found, (laughs) and it belonged to a man named Brian who had two daughters. He struck up a conversation with Annie and Jessica and told them he had gotten the phone number from a classmate they went to school with. He described himself to the girls as blonde, good-looking, athletic, and well-educated, and he took a liking to Annie, and they became close, and he even asked her on a date which she agreed to because she's a young girl. Amy's um, the younger one, right? I think so. What I tried earth? to find their ages and that was hard. I couldn't find it. Um So, come the night of the come the night of the date, she opens the, boor, the door to a boy, the complete opposite of what Daniel had what the Daniel she had met over the phone. Mm-hmm. This boy had black greasy hair and was considered unattractive. She still reluctantly let him take her on a date to the fair, but made up an excuse an hour later to return home. During the date, she mentioned her deceased mother, which Danny took an obsessive liking to the topic, asking rude questions and not really leaving oh, the subject alone. Of course, she left. Mm-hmm. He asked her questions like, Did your mother suffer? Like, Oh, uh, did you suffer when she died? How did she feel? Like, stuff like really fucking intrusive questions you don't ask. Anyway, even when rude. people
0: say, that must have been so hard on you, even that is too much. Yeah. Like, yeah, bitch, the fuck? <laughs>
1: um they obviously didn't have a second date. After the arrest and identification of the boy in the crawl space, the investigators found that Laplante had been living in the walls of the Andrews home, making tunnels throughout the home Ew. and drilling holes in the walls to spy on Annie Ew. in any room in the house. Gross. Yes. He was arrested and put into Juvenile Detention Center until October of 1987. Uh, He got out, and he quickly reverted back to his old ways of burglary and break-ins. Which is kind of the same thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Break-ins and also... Burglary. <laughs> it's hard
0: to burgle without breaking in. This is true. But I guess it's easy to break in and just decide not to steal anything. Oh, my God. Do you remember the Dane Cook sketch where he's like, you want to do a and e <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a and e Oh, I'm going to watch Dane Cook later. He's
1: very funny. He's very funny. I think he's also problematic, though.
0: He probably is. Do you I heard some things. When he talked about his dad's tape for a really long time. <laughs> he was very funny, though. <laughs> he was very funny. I will Google if he's problematic.
1: So during one of his break-ins and also burglaries, he was able to obtain... I didn't
0: write that. (laughs) (laughs) He broke in. Decided to steal.
1: Yeah. Um, He was also able to obtain two handguns from a neighbor. Okay. Clearly his life of crime was not over. On December 1st, 1987, Daniel decided to enter the home of a 33-year-old woman named Priscilla Gustafson. A nursery school teacher, wife, and mother of two with one on the way. Andrew Gustafson, her husband, came home from work to a scene from his worst nightmares. His heavily pregnant pregnant wife laid face down on their bed with multiple gunshot wounds to her head. She had also been raped. Upon upon police arrival, they searched the home and found five-year-old William drowned in the upstairs bathtub and eight-year-old Abigail drowned in the downstairs bathtub. While the police investigated the scene, LaPlante was a few towns over attempting to kidnap a woman in her car. She was able to escape when he fled the scene. He wouldn't be found for another two days hiding in a dumpster. He was taken in, and upon inspection, a hair was found on his sock belonging to Abigail. And that is what connected him to the murder. Uh. A year later, he was sentenced to three life sentences for the murder of the Gustafsson family. Since his arrest, he has shown little to no remorse. From the years of 1988 to 2014, he has attempted to sue the courts multiple times in claims of violating his religious freedom. Wait. As he was allegedly practicing Satanist.
0: Okay, bitch. The fuck? Yeah. It all circles
1: back Mm -hmm. to Satanic panic. He claimed for some of his rituals, he needed specific materials and the prison was denying them to him. In 2017, however, he seemed to have a turn of heart when he came out with the following statement while appealing for the for a reduced sentence. I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused from the very essence of who I am from the depths of my soul. I am sorry. His appeal was denied. (laughs) Andrew Gustafson never got to see the final nail in Danny's coffin when he got his appeal denied because he died in 2014 and on his deathbed said, Never let him out. If he never let him out, he should rot in prison. Yeah. And that is the story of Danny LaPlante. The Townshead Massacre, I think it's called.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Why did we both do a person who secretly lives in your house? I don't know. That was fucking weird. Your story got too scary. I'm gonna say it. I got so uncomfortable. I can't wait to hear the
1: feedback from people.
0: I literally wanted you to stop talking. (laughs) I wanted you to end your story. I did not. The minute you were like, in the corner, I was like, no, please. Please not in the corner.
1: Yeah, bro. But it's weird because I can like, oh, I know.
0: You literally, I keep looking at the reflection in that fucking photo trying to be like, is someone behind me? Is she Nobody's just not going to tell me?
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: God. That was wild. That was fucking scary. Yeah. Oh, my God. <sighs> <sighs> It's like a scary story podcast <laughs> Hi, we only tell scary stories. We're not trying to educate anyone.
1: And we're constantly crying about our scary and stories. We're
0: scaring each other and ourselves. <laughs> so let's wrap it up. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like just fucking, I'm like freaking out. I don't I have to go to the store and then I have to come back here and I guess leave every light on and keep pacing the house. It's the only way I'll be safe. No, you have to set booby traps. I have to set booby traps. I have to be fucking that kid from Goonies Home Alone. and Home Alone. <laughs> you gotta be Macaulay Culkin, Kevin McCall, Kevin McAllister. Mm-hmm. How did she forget him twice? We can't get into it. This is the end. <laughs> How did she forget him twice? I can't. Anyways, Buzz's girlfriend, Woof. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, it's Gumshoe Weekly. Our Facebook is Gumshoe Pod. And our
1: email is GumshoeWeekly at gmail.com. Please let us know if you guys <laughs> got freaked the fuck out. Let
0: us know if we got a little bit too scary.
1: Too scary. Don't forget to share with your friends, families, dogs, pets, all that good stuff. Let them know that this is a great podcast. And tell your dog to subscribe. Uh huh. So on Stitcher, download. Spotify. I think we're on Google Apple, now.
0: Google.
1: Apple? Maybe Google. Who knows? Go we find should, out. Let us know we if we're on there. You tell
0: us. You tell <laughs> us. You leave a review and you go, you're not on Apple. Okay. You fucking liars. You fucking And we'll liars. have to take it. Five stars, but you're a fucking liar. Uh-huh. There you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let us
1: know what you think. Let us know if you want to us to cover a certain topic within Murder, Mystery, or Mayhem.
0: Yeah. Any of those three and we'll fucking do it. Yep. Alright, bye. Bye.